Hello everyone and welcome back to another instalment of the United District podcast. Uh, a little bit of a break, I thought we'd uh, give you a little bit of respite, uh, my dulcet tones for, for a couple of weeks. Um, and we're back and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by two of the, I'd say the biggest, most uh, well-respected United accounts on Twitter. Um, Ali, United Ali, I think everyone knows who he is. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. And also the United Link, or I should say Akash, aka the United Link, who I'm sure everyone knows as well. Akash, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. No, no worries. Good, good to have you both on. Um, obviously, very unprecedented times at the minute. Um, how, how have you both been been coping with the with the lockdown in your respective your respective locations? Um, <laughs> for, for me specifically. I have, I remember the date, I, I haven't seen my friends since March 16. Mm. Uh, it was funny because at the time, uh, I had plans with my friends of, you know, going, doing fun things over the next couple months, and it's just funny to see that none of them have come into fruition, but otherwise I'm good. Uh, it's Ramadan right now, so fasting, it's been quite easy. Uh, for the simple fact I have to be staying home and, and just, you know, resting and doing work. So, uh, thankfully, I'm, I'm not, uh, I, I've been doing fine. I'm just, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not really missing out on much because everyone else is going through it here. So, mm. uh, just thankful that everyone's healthy and that, uh, you know, I can still, uh, live somewhat a, uh, a, a good life. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Akash yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm just. I, I agree with Ali when he says that because uh, I th- I'm just happy that everyone is um, safe and healthy. That's what matters at the moment. We need to follow the guidelines of the lockdown, mm. and you know we we just need to get through this phase. And uh, once once uh, we I think we find a you know cure for this. Uh, once there is uh, uh, you know when we find solutions for this, we can finally get back to normal. But till then, we need to uh, you know just. Uh, Follow the uh, the guidelines and stay at home and uh, let let the government do their thing. Yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah sounds about right to me. Um, we'll move on to a topic. Obviously, something that's at the forefront of every football fan's mind at the moment. Just away from United for the, for the moment, it's the return of football. Obviously, we've got the Bundesliga coming back tomorrow. Leagues here and there being called null and void. I think the Eredivisie and the Liga Un obviously have. Uh, of all of all come to an end. Um, obviously, big question marks still surround the return of the Premier League. It seems as if they're trying to to bring it back. They're doing everything in their power they can to bring it back. How how yeah. do you both think that the the Premier League should move forward? And if if it, it turns out that they can't do they they can't do that, uh, how should the league be decided? Ali, I'll let you go first. Sure. I mean, for me to be quite honest, I, I don't really care whether the league moves forward or not i think i'd rather put the safety of the players and the public uh first so i wouldn't be comfortable starting restarting the league um until sort of there's a hundred percent guarantee that everyone is clear and safe um because i just think there are much bigger things bigger than football but to answer your question uh as to what they can do um you know, to sort of decide next season's Champions League or relegation or, or, or whatever. I think, obviously, Liverpool didn't mathematically win it, but let's be real, they were going to win the league. Um, I, I don't care if they get crowned champions. I think they probably should be. Um, but I think second and third 
um, were quite uh, ahead in City and Leicester. I think for fourth place, if you want to make sort of like a playoff kind of uh, format where you have uh, four, five, six, and seven play for play like sort of like in the championship when they have like the playoff rounds to mm. make it into the Premier League. If they did something similar with that uh, and just did it uh, at a neutral ground and, you know, whoever won between the four teams sort of made it into the Champions League, that wouldn't be bad. My concern is how can you sort of do that with some of the bottom, the relegation sides? Mm. Um, and of course, you have to take into account some sides ha- were at a disadvantage due to the strength of schedule. So uh, some teams obviously had like much easier schedules for the remainder of the season compared to others. Uh, you can even look at ourselves. We had, I think we got rid of, we, we finished outside of Spurs, which was the last one, I believe. I think we played all the top six sides remaining, if I'm correct. I think, I think you're uh, right. I think you're right. Right, except Leicester. And that would have been on the uh, closing sort of last week of the season. Mm. So Chelsea still had, I believe, City... Uh, Liverpool. I don't remember. It's been too long. But I think City <laughs> and Liverpool. They still had uh, on their on their schedule. Arsenal, so, Arsenal um, had a massive amount of big sides left. I know that. Had... Arsenal as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to to find a solution. The only other solution I can think of is if you just took the the, the way the table looked uh, halfway through the season. So exactly when each team played once played each other once. I think which is week uh, week nineteen. Um, mm. that, that, I don't I don't think it's a good idea, but it's another sort of the one of the more fair I guess ways uh, to to sort of d- decide how, like league uh, league. T- I don't think we should go back to playing the Premier League to be honest. And I'm not a huge fan of the whole Bundesliga th- thing, but I also I'm not. I don't have the data in front of me and the information on how they've been impacted, so I can't really speak. Mm. But it seems as though the UK have been hit. Uh, quite badly in comparison to 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 Germany. What do you think, Akash? Yeah. You know when we uh, when we speak about the Premier League returning and when we make comparisons with the Bundesliga, it's actually I I don't think the comparison is fair because I think Germany has done a very good job in containing the amount of cases, coronavirus cases that they have, mm. and they've actually and they've uh, it's actually an extremely systematic process in Germany and how they're you know that's why everyone is actually looking forward to uh, football resuming in Germany because they will uh, try implementing a similar model of football that in their own home countries. So um, I think when the Premier League is focusing on Project Restart, it's actually been pretty embarrassing, to be honest, with how everyone in this situation has dealt with this. Because uh, I feel uh, the Premier League needs to be extremely open in terms of its communication, uh, I, which I feel they failed to do. Uh, with And... Uh, the fans are always confused as to what the status of the league is. The clubs are extremely confused as to what the status of the league is. Um, a majority of the teams um, are not open to the concept of neutral grounds. So, so you can see this uh, happening because I think a lot of uh, teams have gone into the meetings and you can see that they've always come out of the meetings without any solution or without any resolution. Mm. So um, I think uh, Project uh, this uh, Restart is actually struggling and the Premier League actually needs to sit down and try to get the best out of these teams and try to meet with the demands of not just the top sides, but also with the relegation sides. Because to be very honest, I don't think the relegation sides signed up for this. 
they are in an extremely difficult situation and if you get relegated especially in this financial scenario it's going to be an absolute uh, yeah. disaster for these clubs so uh, when when we when we and when we always uh, speak about the premier league returning i think a lot of us a lot of it is because there's a lot of money at stake uh, there's around 800 million at stake and um, that amounts to roughly uh, 40 million pounds if each club wants to uh, you know uh, mm. uh, if the if the clubs want the league to be voided then that's the amount they have to pay but broadcasters you can just imagine the kind of financial crunch that these clubs are in and on top of that broadcasters are asking for uh, like Simon Stone of the BBC said that uh, they're asking for uh, a fee around 323 million uh, with regards to uh, uh the the league resuming behind closed doors but without fans so they're losing out on commercial revenue so there's a lot at stake at the moment they uh, obviously the fans will not likely watch the game in stadiums live for a very very long time but with regards to watching the game on t- television i think broadcasters are going to create issues so it's going to be a, and even the uh, i agree with ali when he says that uh, the players health comes as as a priority because a lot of them have re- refrained from giving their commitments in order to you know uh, fulfill their contracts because they, they and there's also uh, for the force majeure clause that is there in every player's contract so they can exercise that and the clubs can exercise that a lot of clubs are doing that in order to avoid liability on themselves so yeah. th- there's a there's a lot going on right now in football it's it's going to get really messy in terms of uh, what's going to happen in the next few weeks but yeah. what what we can hope for is uh, that hopefully everything goes well in 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 the bundesliga and if that happens there is hope and i think the uk government wants football to return so let's let's hope for the best so i, I was going to ask a question um the first was i agree completely and it's going to be interesting because i feel like whatever decision they make there's going to be a, a couple teams regardless that are going to be unhappy right no not everyone's going to be happy mm. with the decision And then the second the, the other question I had for you Akash is what and and Henry as well what do you think they'll do with sides who uh you know should be getting promoted this season uh, for example like Leeds I don't know who else is at the top of the championship table but mm. but what do you do about that Well I've just I'm not sure to be honest because I've just seen the, the literally breaking news just before we started this League 2 which is obviously two leagues below the championship mm-hmm. they're going off a points per game basis and they they're looking to relegate the clubs who are in the relegation zone on points per game and promote the sides that are on uh, that that were in the playoff place on points per game and then they're going to try and play the playoffs as well to try and get you know the, the four up four down or four up two down rather system continuing and I think that's got to be a knock on effect from from league to all the way to the premier league and there's got to be a a steady supply of a correct amount of teams going down and yeah. the correct amount of teams coming up so if you null and void the premier league and they they say they can't relegate sides which obviously there's going to be anger with that if they try and relegate sides and we've we've seen it in the league and already i believe where you know a lot of dispute over sides really should should they be getting relegated if the season has been completed um yeah. and if they don't relegate sides from the premier league then then how can you bring up sides from the championship and then the numbers get messy everywhere so i think they've got to be consistent throughout either from league 2 all the way to the premier league you relegate absolutely no one across all those leagues or or, or uh, and promote no one or you cont- continue as if the season had finished now I, i think that's the only way they can do it they've got to be consistent in their, in, in their approach I'm to reading, that i'm reading i think what happened in france i think what happened in france was uh, uh, was extremely sad to see because the season wasn't completely yet and then they still you know 
decided on relegation and yeah. who who would be the winner so i think that that results in a lot of legal battle and that's where things decide to get ugly so i think commercialization of sport has obviously you know uh, impacted the whole industry because had had it not been so commercialized we would have seen easy solutions but there's so much money at stake and i can see uh, uh, fifa and uefa and all their uh, you know uh, legal uh, um, teams that are involved it's going to be really messy for a really long time mm-hmm. i cannot see i cannot see easy solutions anywhere because had it been like that it would it would have been resolved a long time back but there's so much uh, discussion and there's so much you know agitation with with regards to the bottom teams because just because they're showing concern it's often said that just because their relegation size they're obviously you know moot for the fact that they they don't want to continue and resume play but that shouldn't certainly be the case players have families players have a lot to deal with in their own personal lives and to force them in such scenario it's like literally asking them to dance on a minefield you know mm-hmm. it's it's like it's 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 extremely difficult at the moment so i think it's important for the players to come and i think what would be fair is uh, the captains of every team to come about and to uh, moot for what the teammates say and to and to put a clear stance with regard to what the club wants because i think i agree with gary neville what he said was that you know the premier league uh, it has not been uh, absolutely clear with its communication i think brighton is one of the only clubs which has carried out constant communication with its fans so i think all clubs need to do that you know with regards to communication with their fans because that's how it will not only make the not only will it ease in the responsibilities of the premier league but also it will ease in the responsibility of the fans because if liverpool are declared champions will will it's obvious the fans will come on the streets and celebrate is that safe to do so in this environment absolutely not so it's important mm-hmm. for the clubs to communicate with the fans and it's important that you know the clubs take strict action i have not seen that from any of the clubs so far i think with yeah. regards to providing relief i think majority of the clubs have done well manchester united included but i think we have failed on the communication bit no i, th- yeah. I think you make a really good point there about liverpool actually the sort of knock on effect that just handing them the title could have i think yeah you make a really good point i i completely agree i think the street the streets of merseyside would probably be lined with red shirts I, I yeah i hadn't thought about that so that's that's an interesting point we'll move on to specifically united um and how how the lockdown's affected us obviously we we came into lockdown at a sort of bittersweet time in that we were on a good run of form so it's uh, it's a shame to to stop that momentum but obviously it gives the manager uh, it gives Solskjaer a lot of security because uh, no clubs are going to look at sacking managers now of course not it would be morally ethically correct so that that's not going to happen now um and it, it, at the same time it just gives united fans a bit of ease of mind really because i think if we'd gone into this lockdown in in horrible form um then i th- i think it, we'd all be sat here reeling to be honest about the whole thing and not not in not even in an even worse mood if that's if that's possible uh in the lockdown, um, there's a question from him out here, which t- touches on on Solskjaer. He says, "If Ole was to leave, and as I've just said, I don't think he will anytime soon. Who's the better choice, Allegri or Poch?" Ali, I know your answer, so we'll go to Akash first. Uh, Akash, Allegri or Poch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think 
uh, this we should have sacked uh, Mourinho if, if we were to bring in Allegri because I I consider them to be extremely similar in their traits of uh, managing teams. So uh, they they're uh, extremely uh, defensive minded managers when it comes to setting up a team. They um, I, when Mourinho used to be at any other club, he always used to mention that a, a team rebuild always starts from the defense. So uh, I think that's one of the major reasons why he left United was because United failed to get Harry Maguire when he wanted uh, Harry Maguire to join Manchester United. But you know this part blame everywhere. You know how Mourinho is. He's like a ticking bomb if he if you don't uh, give him the things that he wants. And I think that's how things panned out. And I I, I think the the transfer approach has changed considerably after Mourinho sacking. I think United have become a little more responsible with how they act in the market, uh, especially with regards to who they sign. Um, I think Daniel James has done considerably, considerably well com- as compared to the role that he was given, which was a def. I think for the kind of money that we spent on him, we definitely got a better return. Uh, we, no one expected him to uh, to start games week in week out, but that's how he's done it. So, so you can see that you know the United the United setup has changed considerably. There are reports that Edward Wood's involvement uh, in transfers has reduced. I don't completely agree with those reports, but I can I, I do know for a fact that uh, there is a transfer committee in place, and Marcel Bout is actually one of the people who's heading that those committees, and you know. Uh, confirming targets uh, and uh, Ole has a, obviously a very big say in who comes in, who goes out. So I think Ole has has done uh, uh, as uh, you you can say that he's been it's been a uh, on and off season for us. We can say that uh, he has done considerably well against the top sides, but he struggled against the bottom sides. So I think. He needs one more season in, but if you were to actually consider his form before Bruno Fernandes came in, I would say that you know Poch would be the man. I think we were looking at him, but uh, as things stand, uh, I think Ole has managed to turn the negative tide, and he has managed to, to you know change the atmosphere of the clubs. Obviously, there are negatives and positives. I'm not saying that he has he's been uh, you know it's been a complete miracle for us. He he is to blame for a lot of things. But if if you, we can give him another season to probably work for the squad with uh, Pogba and Rashford fully fit, and Bruno Fernandes coming in and possibly Sancho as well, so let's see how things pan out. But if if it were to if we were to see that Ole was to be sacked, then probably Pochettino for me. One point to Poch. Go on, Ali. Uh, d- double it. <laughs> Make it two points for Poch. Uh, I don't really know what, what, what much to say about. Uh, that that hasn't already been said, or if you if you know me, like what what my views are in Poch, but I guess to sort of discuss uh, Akash's uh, points further about the the negatives and positives of Ole, I think from a positive perspective, uh, I guess the players that we have bought in, whether you agree or not with the fee that we paid for the players, uh, they have had a positive impact on the side for the most part. Uh, I know some, including myself, aren't massive fans of Maguire, uh, but for those who do see him in a positive light, that's great because um, I mean, we have improved slightly defensively, but uh, not as much as I think um, is being publicized, in my opinion. But don't but, you guys agree that Lindelof is largely to blame for most of the errors in our defense? Um, it's hard to blame it only on him. Because there are times and in Luke games, shows well, uh, and Luke shows well in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, 
Aaron Aaron has made some mistakes as well uh, at right back. I think they've all made mistakes. No one's been perfect. I think of the four, I trust uh, Juan Bissaka the most. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. I think he's just made one error against Watford this season, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Just one. Yeah, yeah. And, and Crystal Palace, I think, when they scored the winner, he, I think he, he he wasn't in the right position, I think, for the second goal. I was going to say Anfield as well. Anfield, he was getting a, he got, he was a bit tired, wasn't he? And Anfield, I remember, against, against Bobby Firmino, I think. But it didn't lead to yeah. a goal, I think. But. Yeah. So... I guess from my end, like he's done it. Identifying players hasn't has been has been quite good. Um, I think some games I've been quite disappointed with how we've played. Like like Akash said, it's been up and down. Obviously, we ended sort of on a high, and I'm always very cautious um, with praising uh, <laughs> managers now, be- or especially Oli, because of before he got the full time job, he obviously went on a really good run, and then. When he got appointed full time, it went downhill from there. So I still need to see a little bit more. I think the sample size is too small to get too too excited. We have to stay, um, you know, realistic and remember that we're, we're not in the top four. We're we we're still in the Europa League, which is good, but we we still haven't shown much physically to prove that um, you know we're, we're getting there. But the sample size that before just before you know the the pandemic hit and football stopped. Was quite good and large. The football was played largely was quite good. So mm. we just got to see more of it. Mm. Just moving back on to to the defense. Obviously, you sort of Akash hinted at it. You know, Lindelof sort of weakness, and I definitely, definitely, obviously sell him sell him before Maguire if it came to it out of the two centre halves. Um, mm. Who do you guys think would be a solid replacement for Lindelof? Obviously, Maguire a bit more of a traditional centre half, although is playing ability when it comes to you know drive driving forward into into good positions is is quite good i'd say that the man alongside him would need to be a, a very comfortable with his feet like Lindelof is but also you know more solid defensively that's what i i'd argue i'm not sure who would fit that bill yeah. though do you two have any ideas who who would who'd fit well alongside harry Maguire? yeah i mean for me um I think Bai is actually quite good, but the problem with Bai is, is is obviously staying fit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Bai's uh, qualities and and skill set sort of uh, compensates for for uh, Maguire's inefficiencies in some areas. Um, my, I, I'm not a scout, and I honestly I don't want to throw out uh, names when I I'm, I haven't really watched them as much. I know people have talked about Upamecano from from Leipzig, obviously Koulibaly from Napoli. Um, I haven't watched them this season that much, um, so I don't want to, you know, draw too much conclusions. But ideally, I think what would be nice to have alongside Maguire is someone with with uh, uh, quite a bit of pace and and, and a decent, decent uh, you know, good at positioning, obviously good aerially, and you know who can sort of uh, be another ball playing centre back alongside Maguire. I, obviously, I just threw out a bunch of uh, sort of nice skills it would be to have against alongside Maguire but ideally I think pace would be one of the uh, one of the more important uh, attributes that they must have mm. Akash uh, you know when we speak about Kulebali um, and uh, you know the funniest thing is that he's um, probably probably reaching the uh, peak time of his career but he's had probably one of the worst seasons that he's had in his career last season at Napoli. And that's one of the major reasons why I think Napoli regret not selling him la- uh, uh, last season because now his value seems to have dropped. 
and and they're looking for buyers for him. So obviously you'll see links to Liverpool, you'll see links to Manchester United, Manchester City. They want to get rid of the player. So so do United want to spend that kind of money on a centre back at the moment? After spending just uh, an extremely high amount on Harry Maguire, uh, yeah. I don't think so. I I think uh, United like I United might uh, spend that kind of money on Upamecano, who uh, who has uh, uh, I think he's valued at around anywhere between forty to fifty million in this uh, present scenario. So uh, I think United can go for him. He's a good 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 uh, option to have. I think he's had a brilliant season at Leipzig. Uh, and I think United should probably go for him because I think uh, all the uh, reliable, reliable sources have said that you know United are looking at a centre back. So it's extremely important that uh, we toughen our defence and you know stop leaking goals because United have the ten- tendency to leak a lot of goals, silly goals. So um, it's important that we help form a good partnership with Harry Maguire. And after that, you know. If you look at Liverpool and why they're doing so well this season, in my opinion, is because they have they're so solid defensively that they they play a higher line. So when they do do play a higher line, it's easier for their attacking system to be more efficient and to score more goals. So if and with United, that certainly that's not the case because if you play a higher line, you'll probably see Shaw getting caught out, or you'll probably see Lindelof making an error in the air. Or and I'm not saying Harry Maguire is perfect; he's made his fair share of mistakes, but it's. You you'll see more of mistakes from the uh, from the likes of Shaw or uh, or uh, Lindelof and not Maguire and Van Bissaka. So I think uh, if we are concentrating on getting a defensive player, I think it's probably going to be Upamecano. Yeah. Okay. Um, as you've just sort of touched on leaking goals, um, a man who has been at the hands of a couple of those those leakages, David oh, De Gea, um, <laughs> the, the goalkeeper. Uh, he's had a tough one, mate. Was that sorry? He's had a tough season. He has, he has, and it's <laughs> and it's caused a lot of questions. And uh, it's it's one question that's been bound about quite a lot during lockdown because obviously you get a lot of time, I think, now to to discuss things. It's like the summer break, really, isn't it? You start doubting certain players and talking about their futures. And a lot of people have suggested that Dean Henderson, who who's had a magnificent season at Sheffield United could or should be promoted to number one next season with with De Gea, you know, maybe sold on or or what have you. Uh, where do you both stand on on who should be our number one keeper next season? Akash, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, uh, with regards to De Gea, you know, I just think he signed a new contract and I, I think the public outcry is obviously he's made mistakes. He's not the same guy that he was. We all saw that after the World Cup in Russia. Um, he's. I was shocked when I saw those kind of mistakes from De Gea because you know he's generally so good, uh, good at saving shots and he's extremely great with his with his legs. So um, I think with regards to him not doing well, obviously it's raised a certain a lot of eyebrows because uh, the kind of wages that he's on um, can can you know passion for the club compensate to that degree uh, for the mistakes that he's made. I think he saved United a lot, but. I think he should be given just one more season to save his face, to save his grace at United. And if that's not the case, then probably, you know, United are all obviously going to get in Henderson. I think one more season at loan at Sheffield should probably help him uh, with that regard. I think if, if De Gea can probably uh, play well this season, uh, I think a lot will change. And I think there's also been a lot of change with regards to the coaching staff, with regards to the goal uh, goalkeeping staff that's coming. I think they've got in a coach from Burnley 
with uh, to help uh, to help David De Gea. So uh, will that make a lot of changes? I don't think so. But let's hope for the best. I think he should be given another season for uh, him to save himself in at United. Ali, I think um, De Gea. I love De Gea, so it's it's super super hard for me to to try to justify. Uh, giving his his job away to Dean Henderson. Uh, I think also as well, if we were looking to sell De Gea, it'll be quite difficult for us because A, he just signed a new contract. Uh, B, um, I don't know how many clubs out there need a new goalkeeper, especially one who's come off the back of a rather poor 18 months for his standard. And C, um, even if they were to buy him right for a fee, um, no one will know if he's gonna if he can get back to that form that he had, you know, uh, 18 months ago or, or two years ago. Um, I think as well, it's quite unfair. Obviously, he's made mistakes, but I think people are also forgetting all the the, the good saves he's had this season. Mm. Um, people only, I think, with goalkeepers, we only tend to look at. All right, how many mistakes have they done? But without realizing, really, how many? Okay, how many times have they really saved us? And so there have come, there have come, there have been times this season where he's come up big and, and saved us on on a couple of occasions. And um, I think that's important to note. Uh, I think it's fair to say, like Akash said, okay, let's try one more season. I think Dean is still young enough to uh, have a loan uh, for one more year at Sheffield, and then you know if things don't work out with De Gea. Uh, you know, we can look to sort of sell next summer. But this also gives us a, a bigger glimpse for h- how Dean Henderson will perform in a Premier League side because, you know, uh, he's done it so far in one season. He's been really good. But let's see, can he do it in two? Can we do it mm. for two seasons? So it's a, it's a bigger sample size for Dean to grow. And it also gives an opportunity for De Gea to sort of redeem himself. So I think it's a win-win all around. I, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's a bad problem to have. Uh, I think it's yeah. good that we are comfortable and having this discussion, and it sh- just shows the, the the quality of goalkeepers that we might have in our hands. So I, I don't think it's a bad problem to have. No, I completely agree. And I think to replace De Gea now after everything he's done for sort of one and a half bad seasons, really, or, or maybe two, debatable, really, um, I think it would be a bit fickle to replace him with, as you say, someone who's only proved themselves with, with one good season in the Premier League. So, yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think... Yeah, what one more season and then then reevaluate things. Um, yeah, got got a question from Twitter here from Mazala Eight who asks, uh, where do you think James will consolidate himself in the squad? So, do you guys think he'll end up being a genuine regular starter? I'm not sure about that, or a squad player? Uh, yeah. Ali, you can go first. I, this one. I think the whole genuine starter thing, right? That's up to the player, right? If he can improve and you know get to a level. Uh, where where he can be a starter, then fair play to him. I'm not one that sort of like uh, suggest. Oh, he's only going to be a squad player, or he's only going to do this. Like it's really up to the player, and you know how hard they can get themselves up to the level that's needed to be a starter. But I guess for now, I think he's a he's a very good squad player. I think his uh, his some fans uh, I think have too high of expectations for him. Um, I understand that we're united and whatnot, but I think he's done quite well, like Akash said. Uh, he's been very good in some games. Uh, I would be very comfortable sort of starting him against sides where we sort of need to stretch the pitch and maybe not so much against sides that it's against a low block and we need, we need a bit more you know, creativity and flair. 
Um, but I think he's he, he's 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 a specialist player. He 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 can be very effective against uh, specific sides, and I think he he's done quite well. And he could maybe down the line um, look be be looked at as a, as a regular starter. But for now, for me, I think he's more of a a good squad player, a good a good role player to have, and and a good player to play against uh, specific sides. Mm. Akash. Yeah, uh, when we speak about James, I think uh, one of my biggest problems with him is because I think he has a lot of qualities to excel as a player. But I think where he struggles is his decision-making as to when to make the right pass. Uh, I think he always uh, tends to have a shot at goal. And I'm not really, uh, you know... Uh, I, I'm not really sure about his finishing ability. So I think he, I think often even after Bruno came in, I think there was a game where where he he should have passed and he didn't. And uh, that's where I feel that he needs to develop his game. He still he, he he not every player has a great game sense, and I think that's where he can develop because from what I've seen, he has great pace. I think he um, he has that spark in him to succeed at United, but he needs to push himself to improve. And and I think. Uh, we need to see. We need. We need to see that over time. We need to give him more uh, time to settle in at the club. I think he's had a good season. He's justified his fee, and I think he can become a great player at United. Uh, and he needs to just work hard and uh, try to get the basic things right. And once he does that, I think he'll get a lot more credit than he deserves. Yeah, right. yeah. I think he was almost a victim of his own success, really. James started obviously incredibly well and surprised people and the finishing actually that you've mentioned which I completely agree has actually been been poor for the most part of the season but he did he really did start with a bang that 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 curl to the far post which he scored a couple of times few times actually wasn't it against what Palace um Southampton away wasn't it yeah Yeah. Yeah. looked fantastic and you thought we really got a good player on our hands here and then I think that raised the bar for him a little bit because he should he should I think James is the type of player who's a fantastic impact sub and as Ali sort of said good against maybe the perhaps the bigger side isn't it a bit of an impact player um to to just to, to stretch sides a little bit and yeah obviously not as effective against the against the deep block but yeah. i think yeah i think people did raise their standards for him and i think it's got a little bit toxic actually towards him in the end because he obviously his end product wasn't that great and he was playing week in week out and not producing what we saw from at the beginning of the season. So I think, yeah, he's a victim of his own own success in that right. Um, got another question from, from Twitter. Yeah, United Centro asks, uh, should we offer Angel Gomez a better contract or just let him go? Akash, I'll let you go. What do you think about Angel you know, Gomez? Uh, with regards to Gomez, I think uh, he uh, the club offered him a new deal, but uh, I don't think he's happy with the terms that are being given to him. I think United, uh, from what I've read from several reports, what indicators that United are going for players of a similar age, and that has apparently uh, put uh, Angel Gomez off, and he's uh, upset that United are doing that. I think if he really needs to, if he really wants to stay at United, he won't, he it should be made clear to him that nothing will be given for granted. He needs to earn his spot in the club, and uh, he needs to earn his spot in the team. And we all know how good he is. That's why probably most of the teams in Europe are trying to sign him. But sometimes, you know, it's important for the player to put his head down and to probably sign the contract because now is probably not the right time to make a move, especially with this virus going on. I think he needs to probably uh, stay at United, 
sign a long term deal and agree with the terms that are being given by the club and probably you know uh, turn up for the club because whenever he's been given an opportunity we've always seen that spark in him but it's not enough for uh, he doesn't create that that instant impact we all know that he has a skill but does he turn up often for united i think most it's it's not happened and that's where a lot of uh, players uh, have disappointed like like when you have seen tahit chong for example we we always see that potential in him and he he's putting his head down he signed that new contract and he's now here to stay so i think gomez should, should do uh, exactly that and if he's not happy with the with the club's approach towards young players then probably a move away would be best for him if he's not satisfied on that regard yeah yeah i think that suits the club's attitude really doesn't it at the, at the minute the sort of if you don't want to be here then we we don't want you just with transfers and with contracts i think i think that's about right uh ali I think um, ultimately, if the player is not happy with the situation and he's not happy with the terms that he was received, or he feels as though he's being undervalued, or he's not, you know, been been offered enough game time, then I think he should leave because he believes in himself that he can have an impact in the squad, and United aren't offering offering him that sort of uh, safety. Um, I think uh, for if he leaves, I don't. I wouldn't be too upset or too fussed, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think he's a he's a neat player and whatnot, but um, I don't know how 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 he'll turn out with sort of his physical de- deficiency that he has and, and the height and whatnot. So uh, it still remains to be seen. I think it says a lot that he hasn't even been given game time, despite. You know, most United fans abusing Pereira and Lingard throughout the season, mm. so he hasn't even been, had a look in from from Oli and the staff, and and those 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 coaches are around him, you know, more than he more than more than anyone, and if they don't feel as though he's ready, or if they don't feel as though he he, he could have an impact on on us on the side, then um, then then maybe they 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 just they might know more than than we think, so. Um, it might be a case where he thinks he's ready, and then the the other side of the club doesn't think he's ready, and and then he just wants maybe a loan or more game time that you, simply we won't offer. So maybe for his sake, he he can go and prove it elsewhere, and then you know make us look like mugs, you know, in in a year or two mm-hmm. with how he with how he does. So it depends. I, I think ultimately. Um, Judging just based on what I've read on on social media, it looks like he's going to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got another question here uh, about a player that's been mentioned quite a lot actually w- w- related to United. Some very um, obscure, I think, Dutch source, if I'm correct, saying that we'd apparently <laughs> agreed a deal. I think confused a lot of people really. Uh, Moussa Dembele. The question is simple: uh, Should United sign Moussa Dembele? Uh, Ali, if you want to go first. Um, for me, uh, I don't want to, I haven't seen too much of Moussa Dembele on, on Lyon cause I don't, I don't really watch too much French and I haven't seen him much, much in the Champions League. Mm. Uh, but what I can say just from the very short eight to 10 minute comps on, on, uh, on YouTube, it, it seems that he's, he's quite good aerially. He, he's got, you know, a bit more physical than maybe Martial. Uh, a bit different than Martial in the sense that he, he he's a nat- he's a you know a natural number nine. Um, he's quite young still, which sort of fits the whole 
uh, bill that United's trying to, you know, move move towards and sort of stay away from the old whole the whole sort of like older kind of 30 31 year old player um he might just be sort of coming in to fit igalo's role and sort of potentially be uh, fight for the number nine spot with martial so i think you know the more competition the better the more these players will care more the more these players will want to sort of prove themselves in practice and whatnot to or, or training, sorry, to sort of, um, you know, have their name on on the team sheet come come match day. So um, I think, you know, the more competition, the better overall. So I, I'm completely in with the whole Moussa Dembele signing, and then we can sort of reevaluate how how he's done if if he if he were to come here. Mm. Akash, um, I think with uh, United wanting a striker, because I think the Egalo deal is probably not happening anymore. Because uh, apparently the Chinese side want uh, a fee close to 20 million for him. I don't think that's going to uh, happen. I don't think United will pay that kind of money for Egalo. So that's probably him off to China again or probably to Newcastle who are also interested in him as per reports. So um, if United are going to go for a striker, it's probably uh, going to be Musa Dembele. Yeah, because uh, I think United have also contacted uh, Timo Werner's agent as per reports in Germany. So uh, it's it's an interesting time for us to focus in that area because if Egalo is not coming, who will we actually you know probably get in? So if we compare Timo Werner's clause, which is supposed to be somewhere in the region of 50 million, and then there is uh, Musa Dembele, whose uh, price can be anywhere between 50 to 70 million. So it's 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 a tough ask for United because Timo Werner is probably going to Liverpool. Uh, he's uh, uh, obviously uh, Liverpool are extremely interested in him, but will they activate that clause and will they spend that kind of money this summer? There are a lot of questions with regards to that, and I think Werner has also come out and said that you know he would be interested in playing in a side where. Uh, uh, where you know they, they might be an established side, but he would also be happy to play in a side where uh, in a in a side like United who are just coming up again. So if if we based on pure ability, I would rather go for Werner than mm. Dembele. But I would also be extremely happy with Dembele because I think in the few games that I've watched him, uh, I've not watched much of him either. But in the few games that I have. I think he uh, he's got really good off the ball movement. I think he's extremely good in the air. I agree with Ali on that. Uh, but but my my only issue with him is his finishing and his return on the amount of goals that he scores. Because with United, when it's it's often the case that where when we whenever we sign a player, the focus is always on the transfer fee, and there's an extra added pressure uh, pressure when you actually play for United. You know, so yeah, yeah. will he be so will he be able to return? that uh, you know in terms of his goal scoring ability so uh, i think he did well in scotland before but uh, i think if united are going for dembele then uh, i think he's a genuine target because i've read a lot of reports on him and whether he can come i think he is a genuine target for united but he might not be the only option i think even cavani can be looked at because i think his deal is expiring soon and i think for one more season if we can just get in cavani and after that probably go for another striker like probably Haaland and compare with uh, and uh, and compare that situation. I think United can do that as well. So all in all, there are a lot of options right now. So probably Musa Dembele could happen. It's not a hundred percent, but I think he's a definite target. Yeah. Mm, I think I think the thing with Musa Dembele is he perhaps falls into the sort of 
a bit of a, a quality void in between, sort of in between stages. No one really knows. Obviously, in the Liga and as you say, not the best goal return. It's hard to actually gauge. Obviously, I don't. I uh, so I'll confess, I don't watch him that much at all. And you two have just said the same, really. Um, but I think it, it's hard to say whether you know how much better really is he than. Uh, Anthony Martial, for example, I'm not sure. Moustad probably Debele probably built more as a as a proper n- number nine, perhaps. Martial maybe not as much. So it's good. it would be good to have two different profiles in that sense. But I think that Cavani plan that you've just outlined, Akash, is actually closer to to what I'd prefer. A, another short term option, you know. Cavani probably you know better than Igalo, a better better backup than Igalo, and then obviously next season go and grab someone who's top top quality to play at nine. Um, I think that's probably the better plan. Obviously, talk of Harry Kane. Don't think that's ever going to happen with Daniel Levy. Um, but yeah, I think Cavani and then Haaland. I think I think Haaland's inevitable at, at some point. To be honest, I think that's partly because of partly because why United are maybe a little bit tentative to sign a striker. I think they're they're waiting for that Haaland opportunity to arise once more. And obviously, it's a shame that we just couldn't get it done in January. But obviously, um, Mina Raola and Haaland himself didn't really like the prospect unfortunately so um so, so yeah we'll have to see how that pans out because as you say Igalo as well another another interesting one got one last question from twitter it's it's a good one jerry 2k uh he asks which players currently at united are good enough to win the league so which of the current squad would you say are are, are capable of playing in a in a title winning side a tough one i'm aware uh akash uh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's when we talk about title-winning players, I think Pogba is probably one name which comes and into my mind because I often see a lot of comparisons between De Bruyne and, and Pogba on Twitter. And, and I always say that, you know, both these players are extremely talented and both these players are, you know, deserving to play in, in every side in the, in the world. So I think Pogba is uh, probably the first name that comes to mind. Um, I think... Uh, Majority of majority of the players that are that are at United, um, they're just about getting there, and I think not many of them have actually won the league. Also, apart from the guy, I think so. And 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 when you see players like Maguire coming in, obviously they'll help contend for the title. But um, I think Pogba at the moment is possibly the only one. I think it would be unfair to say Bruno Fernandes because he's had a few games, but I'm absolutely loving the impact that he's having at United. It's probably the most exciting transfer that I covered on my account. Uh, I think it, uh, I'm extremely happy that he uh, joined United. And I think at the moment, he, he would be the closest one who I would name after Pogba. But uh, I think only Pogba comes to mind for a title contending side. Mm. So That's one, crazy. One play, I would have <laughs> That's crazy. I would have thought you'd be more generous than me. Uh, but <laughs> I actually I actually think De Gea is one. Uh, Pogba is another. I think Aaron Wan-Bissaka is another. I think Rashford is getting there. And yeah, because when you, when you actually think about these players, they've actually not won a league. So, obviously, that drive comes in when, the, when you surround quality with quality. Sure. Right? So, sure. so when you when you when you when you see a player like Pogba coming in, he's already established on the global level. He's established his dominance by by winning the World Cup. That's the best yeah. trophy trophy that there is. So when you actually look at this young United side, obviously there'll be a lot of hunger. But is Rashford really there? I think he's reached that pinnacle this season. But it was so unfortunate that he got injured. I think he would have got way more goals 
then he uh, then he, then he could but but like sorry to interrupt you there but with my only reason why i've only just named pogba in this side is mm-hmm. because he because i think he has that winning mentality and the major reason that he's frustrated at united is because we're not surrounding him with quality and now that things are changing i can finally see that that with him as the leader in midfield we could possibly push for a top 3 finish and you know with with who knows possibly even for the title if 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 you get in sancho if we sort out our right wing then this will be a a title yeah. contending side in my opinion so then my question to you is for next season you, you only see hogba sort of as a as a title like who you don't see like the other players as a potential title winning sort of player that can go a whole season and you can sort of rely on them to to win you games Yeah so when when you look at consistency i think that's that's the major element and the ca- and that's one of the major uh, you know factors that is the, uh, that is there in a title winning side and have united been consistent i don't think they've ever been consistent ever since sir alex left you'll always see united almost you know have you ever gone five games uh, have you ever won five games in a row have we ever gone ahead and once you know uh, have we ever had that feeling that you know we could win the title again i think when we finished second in um, in mourinho's uh, with mourinho at helm uh, i think that that was the closest we ever came to the title and we were still so far off so in terms of consistency with the squad that's my only issue and my only you know uh, worry because yeah. i i see so much potential in the squad when i see rashford i see he has such a high ceiling in terms of potential and where he can actually be i think maguire came uh, came a few days ahead and said that you know rashford is such a great player and he could possibly one of the, be one of the best players at the club and i completely agree with that but we need to see more consistency have you ever seen marshall putting in performances week in week out no we see marshall probably showing his best side only in a few games and very absolutely nails it but there'll be games where he struggles with with his movement or with yeah. his you know with his with with a lot of factors so i think what united need to drill in is consistency and I, and that's where i think i appreciate ole's approach with regards to him going for players who have captaincy potential if you look at bruno fernandes he was he was the captain at sporting if you look at pogba he he's, he's uh, people say that he has uh, a great authority in the dressing room with regards to how he reaches out to other players if you look yeah. at maguire he has great he's 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 leading the side so there are a lot of captainship material in the side so i can finally say that yes in terms of potential and in in terms of uh, you know in terms of attitude we can reach there but yeah. but i think there there'll be a lot of players in terms of potential and only pogba i feel in this side can be the catalyst to get this side roaring and so and even bruno fernandes he's been such a great player but it would be unfair to put the responsibility on him to just win the league for us instantly I think Pogba should be the leader with with this regard because we all know the kind of player that he can be and he just needs to sit down not stop listening to his brothers stop listening is to listening to his agent and just put his head down and work for that title you know Yeah I agree I think one thing I'd like to add is you bring up a great point I think the teams that win the league are usually the most consistent because you can't really you can't really cheat a 38 game league right like you have to be pretty mm. consistent to win the league whereas in a cup competition you can get lucky with the draw you can win four or five games and then be crowned a champion of the FA Cup or or the uh, or the Carabao Cup or the Champions League right but 
ultimately in a, in a in a league campaign, usually the the, the best team that the, the team that wins the league is usually the most consistent. And like you said, we're just we're very inconsistent ever since Sir Alex left, and we need to get back to that sort of mentality and drill it in players. To you know, uh, if we can get our consistency up and you know start stringing matches like five wins in a row, and then okay maybe lose one and then go on another five to six wins. You know, I th- that's a great start and a great way to sort of build the foundation for a potentially uh, title-winning season. I don't think we'll win it next year anyway, personally, as I think we're we're missing quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I can see us, for example, finishing like top three, maybe, or you know, battling out for second. It depends really how other clubs do and how where other managers go if they leave or whatnot. But um, I definitely agree on the whole consistency point you made. Mm. And you talk about consistency. I'm just thinking of one player who sort of springs to mind this season when it comes to comes to that word. Uh, Fred, who's just been incredibly consistent this season. You two didn't mention him there, I don't think. Um, would you consider him part of a, a, a United side that, that could be extremely serious and potentially t- challenging for a title? Would you put Fred in that crop of players, uh, Akash? You know, when I uh, was speaking about Fred, like on my on my account, I think uh, he's been one of the best players at United this season. He's actually turned the tide that was against him. You know, everyone in the from 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 rival fans to probably the media had labeled him a failure already after just one season. And I think what he's done this season is improve his um, ability at controlling the ball improve his passing in tight spaces and we have actually seen how things have improved because he's on the pitch. He's probably one of been one of the most consistent players and I'm so pleased for him that he's managed to turn things around for him. Now but but then again, does he start in a title contending team? The question and does he give does he give that much uh, for a for a tight for a side to probably challenge for for the title, I don't think so. I think he he he's a great option to have, but I can't see him starting in a title winning squad. And that's where I think a player. We, that's why maybe United are still looking at a uh, 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 probably a defensive midfielder this season, so we could probably offer the right balance. You know, when when we talk about a uh, Bruno Fernandez and a Pogba midfield. That's an awesome thing to hear when we're actually discussing it. But but will it offer the right balance? I think that's where... Does Fred offer that balance in midfield? I don't think he'll mm. be that great in a mid- defensive midfielder role. I think he's played in that position a few times for his previous club, Shakhtar. But um, I, I don't think he can do that, play no. that role at United. So when you actually look at probably a Zakaria or probably an, 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 an Didi, I think those are the kind of players that would probably start in a title-winning squad. So I think he's personally had a very good season this year. He, I, I would name him my player of the season. A lot of people had said it would be Van Bissaka, but I just feel that you know he's he's played against all odds. I think when Van Bissaka came in, we would all we were already you know anticipating the kind of things that he would do because we had already seen that kind of commitment that he had given at Crystal Palace. But when when you look at Fred, he's risen against all odds, and he's probably you know turned the tide that was against him. So I I'd say I'd say that he he deserves a lot of credit this season. And uh, the, but the, then again, where, where does he start next season if we get in a defensive midfielder? United have also been linked to Partey. I don't think that's happening. I mm. think he's going to Arsenal. I think uh, his links with Arsenal are genuine. I think uh, you know the major reason why that could happen is because Atletico are interested apparently in Lacazette. 
So can they do an uh, can they do a swap and probably get that transfer done? I think Arsenal won't be spending big, so they'll obviously be trying to trade players. So I think you could see players like Partey going there. So if United do look at a defensive midfielder, I, I would love if uh, indeed he comes to United. He's I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league, and I think if he does come at United, he would offer the right balance. And Fred could possibly start games, uh, uh, you know, once every two games because. Yeah, when when you talk about uh, squad depth, I don't think a lot of people agree to that because they feel that uh, you know if if players come at United they must start. If you look at City, they have such a strong bench. If, if half their half their bench players could start for majority of the first teams in the league, mm. so so it's important that we have squad depth as well. It doesn't hurt, and I think Fred should get his fair share of games and a lot of credit for his performances this season. Mm. I think I think you're about right when you say. That Fred wouldn't wouldn't offer the balance for a for a Pogba and Fernandez midfield three who would who would fill up that third spot. I don't, yeah, I don't think Fred Fred would give that. And I think for, out of the current crop, I think Nemanja Matic is the only one who can provide a really solid base that would allow that midfield to thrive with Pogba as a six, Bruno as a bit of a roaming eight, and then Matic is at the base of that. So yeah, I completely agree with with that. Ali, would you say the same? Fred is perhaps more more accustomed to a squad player with a better base coming in for next season. Yeah, I agree. I think Akash uh, made some very good points along with you, Henry. So I definitely would agree and think that um, I'd be more comfortable with a with a with another holding midfielder outside of Fred. But Fred's a really good option to have as well. Yeah. I think again, we shouldn't be complaining about potentially new players coming in and providing more competition because in the end, this is this is what makes sides great is the ability to, you know have player A, player B, and player C, and if one goes, you know, injured for a, an extended period, you you can still rely on player B and C to to step in and make an impact. So um, I think it's a good good thing to have. I hope we do sign a holding midfielder, and then we have multiple options um, in midfield for us moving forward. Yeah. Well, that wraps up everything, really. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you both on. I've thoroughly enjoyed this discussion. Um any last words from you lot? Anything you want to say to, to the listeners, Ali? Yeah, I hope everyone stays safe and, you know, follows the guidelines. And uh, looking forward to hearing the feedback on wh- what are people's thoughts from some of the things that Akash and I have said. Mm. It was really nice speaking with you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. You too. And uh, Akash, any last any last words? Um, you know, when I was coming to this podcast, I was really looking forward to the discussion and I think it's really lived up to it. Mm. I've had a great time coming on the podcast and, you know, speaking my thoughts on United and uh, other things football. Uh, I just hope every t- everyone stays safe and healthy and it's been a great chat and thank you guys for, for your, you know, contribution and time. Yeah, no, thank Absolutely. you. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you both. It's been, yeah, it's been really fun, and I hope, I'm sure we'll get you on again at, at some point in the future when, um, when things, when things change a bit. I'm sure uh, there'll be a bit more to talk about then as well. Um, cheers, guys. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Have thank a good you. one. Cheers. You too.